Hey, damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. And I'm Danielle. And I'm Mark Tweedo. That's Mark Tweedo. Whoa. Mark Tweedo's on the show. Hey, Mark. Thanks for joining us. How's it going, man? Yeah, going really good. Been reading Howard County, which is awesome. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, we're going to get into it in a little bit. But yeah, it's so good to hear from you. Thank you again for all these amazing gifts that you sent us. I mean, it was a totally... It was so sweet. Total surprise, and it was like... Just so thoughtful. You yeah. have to go that hard too, because these books are really incredible. These are They're like really, nice, really yeah. nice library editions. I know, of these but books. we like those kinds of things They're too, right? Incredible. Yes. No, that's I what I'm saying is that, that I mean, you really didn't have to uh, to to go all out like that. That was so sweet and so generous and thoughtful. Thank you. Well, you know, you hit a milestone, and I like wanted to celebrate it. Like so I was sweet. initially planning to send it much earlier because you know, like you hit you know the end of BPRD, <laughs> and that was like a huge thing. You're and so sweet. yeah, so I was going to send them then, but I couldn't find out if uh, John had Black Hammer or not. Aww. So I was kind of waiting until I knew. Oh, that was so awesome. That was such a surprise, too. Really you know, I've sweet. always wanted to read that. And yes. I think like you got our taste like just right. Also, yes. like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I got my Avatar book. Were you ever able to read that free comic book day Avatar, the one that just came out? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. I liked that matcha maker I'm a big, story. I'm a big tea person. Like I'm yeah. obsessed with tea, like loose leaf tea, like really nice tea from China, right? I and am. I got John super into tea now as well. And um, then so when he read that, he was like, oh, I want to get a tattoo of this. Oh, it's so <laughs> there's one there's one <laughs> nice. panel. I don't, I don't know if you recall it, Mark. I, and I haven't read all the comics, but I was so captivated by this one panel that I guess it's in Iroh's it, yes. when Iroh's making the tea. And it's like an expanded version of the tea process. Yeah. Like it shows like the kettle the and, and the, the leaves yeah. and the water. And then it it's like a Everything. weird. I don't know. It's a very cool panel. And I had it. just got you into Avatar like just yeah. then as well. I've so the timing was so good. I got him into Avatar got him into tea and then he read that I've just, like, oh, I, I just recently watched all the cartoons so. and everything and i want to see the movie but danielle says it's I not i'm not gonna watch oh, that, sir. that movie. Watch oh. It, sir. my god <laughs> oh no. i am I, not watching that for anybody i don't care I who you either. are I, even i, I don't like to watch that movie you and i might be married but that does not mean i'm gonna do that <laughs> i would do anything <laughs> You you wouldn't see the movie anyway. You'd sit there, but all you'd see is red. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> you can great. watch this by yourself. Yeah, so I'm I'm hugely into Avatar just because like that started to come out just as I was going through my last year of um, university. So animation course, animated show. <laughs> Obviously, everyone in the course was completely nuts about it. And um, yeah, uh, I've had a couple of birthdays now where. Just I invite a whole bunch of friends over and we're like, right, we're marathoning the whole series over the weekend. Oh, oh wow. awesome. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's one of those things where it's it's the most pain-free marathon I've ever done. Like, you know, some you always hit these like slower points where you start to fall asleep and you're struggling. But this one, it's like you break it into an 11-hour one and then a 10-hour one the next day. And it's just, <laughs> you go through and you're like, oh my God, I never got bored. Oh my God. I, I, I want to do that again. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, we got to do that. I um I recently got the Blu-rays. So we like to put oh, them all. We like to watch them with all the commentaries and stuff like that. Have you have oh, you watched have you gone through all those? I bought the thing uh bought it on DVD and then later again on Blu-ray mainly because um we have a transfer problem here and that the show was originally made in NTSC and we have PAL TVs. So you got 576 lines um in our image and I think 480 lines in yours and like the conversion between them, like they just Nickelodeon did a terrible job. So like 
The DVDs were all you could buy legally, but my God, they looked awful. Um, yeah, so the Blu-rays yeah. were an absolute yeah, must buy. Uh, the so Blu-rays were awesome. Again. Awesome. Friendship. Thank you. Yes, that's friendship. that's real friendship right there. Um, I also want to shout out our good friend Ross Radke. Ross Radke. Book club. Ross Radke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got an awesome new logo. Yes. Ross Radke style. It looks so cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah uh, thank you, Ross, ass. for putting that together for us. Very I'm so excited. Sweet, yes. It I gives have... us that legitimacy a little bit. You know <laughs> it what absolutely I mean? does. Not a little bit, a lot of it. I approached him to do I, I said, you know, I know you're super busy. He's got so much going on. He's working he's, on the Milagro con. He's working <laughs> on a lot of stuff, right? I mean, he's got just yeah. a lot going on all the time. And he's a machine. I mean, I don't know how he does it. And so I was like, you know, look, there's uh, obviously there's no. You know, if you can't fit this in right now, I totally understand. But, uh, you know, this would be amazing if you could just do a little something and whatever. And, you know, I've commissioned him before. And so um, he was he got it back right away. I couldn't believe I mean, he's a he's amazing. So it was very, very sweet of him uh, to to do that and work that in there. And so we really appreciate it so much. And yeah. So, um, if his commissions are still open, I don't know if they are. Please uh, do that because he's an incredible artist. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Um, if they're not open, he's no, he's still doing them because I see those okay. sketch card, those sketch card sets that people okay. keep re- requesting from him. They're so amazing. I don't know if they're so, still yeah. open or not, or if he's just working down a list. But um, yeah, always just check his website and his social yeah. media for that. Obviously, yeah. he's working on Milagro. Check that out as well. And uh, yeah, he's just a really good guy. And so that logo was fan- it looks fantastic. I love it. I yeah, love it to death. I saw it on the social medias yesterday. It's I perfect. Like, I immediately texted you and I was like, oh my god, that is amazing. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah, I had to go immediately into the social medias and update all that stuff. So anyway, thank you so much, yeah. Ross. So he's at Ross Radke Art on Facebook, Ross Radke on Instagram, R-A-D-K-E and R-T-R-A-D-K-E on Twitter. Yeah, you could just search for Ross Radke or Ross Ferratu Ross Ferratu Dracula or whatever okay. it was. <laughs> I also got to mention our raffle. You know, I think by the time this comes out, the raffle will already be closed. Well, actually not. I'm going to try to I might try to push this out early. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, then I didn't get my shit together. But if you're listening <laughs> to this on Halloween, then uh, I push this out a little early so you could have a, some Halloween goodness from the book club. Some Halloween. So then you have like one day left to enter the raffle. Uh, something monumental happened. We crossed the fifteen hundred dollar mark, which I oh, think wow. is yeah. probably the most that we've ever raised um for one of our raffles you know we've had some pretty good raffles but uh, i was so excited and you know people just keep donating the really amazing thing and maybe i shouldn't say this because people are going to be like i want more prizes but people are already don't say it trying to give me more prizes you know and it's kind of late in the raffle so i think i'm going to save those for next year people don't need to know any of that you should cut all of that out but i already have a pot of amazing but i'm just trying to illustrate how amazing the community is that people are reaching out and they're saying hey we want to we want to donate and we want to give more than right. that too, you know. So it has been really incredible. Um, I'm really glad that the community came together to support the Lilith Fund yes. as an organization that I think we all feel very strongly about. Yes, and um, you know it's a very well one way needed. or the other. People feel very strongly. Yes, about it. and <laughs> it's it's well needed at this time, and yeah. I think we can all agree with that. So everybody has been so awesome. Thank you for your donations. Thank you for your support. Thanks yes. for sharing and retweeting and all that kind of. You're going to do yes, a lot of good everybody. for a lot of people with this money, and it really means a lot. So yeah. thank you. Check us out on Instagram Live on November 1st. I'll be doing it. Uh, probably like somewhere around 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'll begin on Instagram Live and doing the ish, the, hopefully uh, ish, yeah, <laughs> and picking all the names and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's going to be great. Yes, thank you, everybody. Very generous of all of you yes. to donate. Yes, thank you. All right, and now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. <laughs> 
<laughs> all right. We, y'all just high fived right there. I wish y'all could have seen that. Why are you? Why are you narrating? <laughs> because, our high fives. Because people couldn't see that, and oh, it was man. it was genuine. That's genuine friendship right Can't there. Even I had high to capture five that. without the paps <laughs> calling me out for it. You read a story. We talk about it. You hate them guys us. And it's a book club. Get out, dreams. We got some listener feedback from Ryan Yule. Ryan Yule. Book club member. That's right. Oh, man. So we talked about Mr. Higgins Comes Home. Everybody has cool Warwick Johnson Cadwell art. Okay. I'm so jealous of everyone who has art from him. So Ryan Yule obviously has a cool piece of art. Oh, does he? Does he have cool yeah. art? <laughs> I, yeah, we didn't know that. <laughs> he has, um, he has a, a commission of just Mr. Higgins, the giant werewolf. So oh, nice. that is amazing. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, Ryan. Should we? So if you didn't come over from the Hellboy Book Club podcast, uh, Ryan oh, yeah. Yule has the most incredible art collection of like any it's person amazing. I've ever met. Yeah, and yeah. He's, it's mostly it's yeah. like Mike Mignola. Yeah, but it's like ancillary. Stuff. He's got so many different artists in there. I mean, there's just a lot. And it's just the most incredible collection of art that you I mean, it's really just yeah. I figure at some point he's going to set up the U.S. Yeah, gallery. Yeah. I, I mean, he could, he could like he could make a museum. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. He could. And uh, oh, he could wow. curate an actual museum and, and cycle pieces in and out of this. Co- I mean, it's an incredible collection. That would and be so, amazing. Yeah. And, and I feel like he's kind of got the attitude of a ca- uh, curator anyway, because, yeah. you know, he has that whole like, um, it's not that you own it. It's that you're looking you're after it. You know, that kind of yeah, caretaker. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is, yeah. an, you know, an appropriate um, attitude to have towards the stuff, because it's I, I think that that's truly someone who really appreciates the art that he, that he's got in his home. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that yeah. up because there are links to all of Ryan's collection. Oh, you know, he has more it. art than just Hellboy related yes, stuff. Yes, yeah. He has some other really cool pages from like X-Men. He's got a good, he's got a lot of X-23 stuff. Right. Um, I just nice. didn't know like, because we, this, if people are just yeah. finding it, like, who the heck is Ryan Yule? So, so yeah, this is, so, yeah. but I'm glad you brought that up because we have the links to yeah, his, you can collection his collection on our link tree on the Hellboy book club, but we don't have them on our new link tree right. for this one. So I'm going to go ahead and just put, put those. it in there on there and that way if you want to go check that out yeah. but i'm also going to post pictures of all these um of all these commissions on our social media so you yes. can check them okay. out too nice we also heard from jerry turnbull jerry turnbull book club member yeah yeah jerry says he has a couple pieces from warwick as well okay nice. um he shared this awesome piece it's a uh, hig it's um professor meinhardt and professor knox and oh, they're okay. in this whole nice. scene wow um, it's really nice. It's a really elaborate piece. That's so thanks excellent. for sharing that, Jerry. Really cool. We saw all the mm-hmm. weird things on the walls. Right, yeah. And we couldn't stop talking about it. So I yeah. knew Jerry was gonna come in with I know. a bunch of stuff, so that's great. At one point we saw this guy like stand like it was like a statue coming out of the wall and we thought it looked like Abe. Yeah. So that's a reference to the movie called The Most Dangerous Game. Oh, okay. And there's okay. like a weird like taxidermy thing, or yeah. I don't know. I'll post a Is picture it of man? it. Is it man? Is man the most dangerous game? Exactly. Okay. Yes. And then also <laughs> Warwick Johnson Cadwell, Jerry also shared like he has a lot of sketchbooks that he releases. Oh, okay. And they go out of sell really quick right. too. Um, I need to get my hands on some of those. But um, he has uh, another piece of work called The Sleeping Knight. And it's some and and the, it's some witches yeah. and they're standing in front of that painting. Okay. And so that's the painting that we saw in Mr. Higg- oh, that's in Mr. Cool. Higgins Comes Home that we were wondering that's about. Super cool. It's in one. Of, it's a reference to one of his other his works. Other things. You know that's what neat. I mean? That's great. So that was very cool. I love that. Thank you, Jerry, for pointing that out. He also, I was wondering where Ingolstadt had been referenced. Cause that, right. I was like, I know that's referenced somewhere from the Hellboy books. It was in Frankenstein Underground. Did Jerry come in with this? Yeah. Frankenstein Underground. 
there you go. And it was also mentioned in Conquer Worm. Right. Hellboy okay. Conquer Worm. So there's that reference. Jerry also said, I absolutely love Warwick's work. Highly recommend these two books, Helena Crash and The Marionette. Okay. The Marionette's actually sold yeah. out on his website. So I don't know if there's another way that you can go around getting something like that. But um, yeah, I definitely want to check Helena those Crash out. Helena Crash is definitely on Comixology. Mm. Oh, nice. And I got to say, it works really well because, I mean, for a series that's all about being highly caffeinated, his visual style really gels with sure, that. Oh, wow. yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. That sounds amazing. Right. Have you read that, Mark? Either of those, The Marionette or Helena Crash? Yeah, um, the writer of um, Helena Crash is actually, uh, sorry, uh, Fabian Runghale Jr. Um, he's like a huge BPID fan. So. Oh, no. Nice. Uh, he was actually the first fan I met in person. Um, it was just like, yeah, that was a cool that's thing. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. We also heard from Drew Campbell. Drew Campbell. Book club member. Yeah. Um, were we talking about the Predator at some point? We the Predator's we mom always or something? About the predator. He said, I bet the Predator's mom's name is Martha. Sure. Were we talking yeah. about that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember when we were talking about that. But anyway, stupid it still made me fucking laugh. Fucking God, that was the stupidest fucking thing I'd ever seen. And then he also put in all Martha. And then he, he also put in all caps, John. You have to get a spawn tattoo. Nope. Yeah. So no. the listeners have spoken. <clears throat> I don't. I don't know what to say. The um, listeners have spoken. I'm just no. gonna have to do it. I don't. Think Drew, so. Drew, what should I get? I don't, to I, do? I don't think that's <laughs> how. I don't think that's how that works. I don't think that's. Yeah, that isn't how tattoos. Work. No, that's not how tattoos work. <laughs> this is not a committee. It's not. It's not. Yeah, you don't vote I'm on that. Not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Well. Hmm. Mm, I just no, pondered a little bit. No, no. If you do that, I'm going to introduce you as this is John, my spouse. He has a spawn tattoo <laughs> everywhere we go, no matter who we're talking to. That'll be your fault. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we also heard from Clayton Redrum. <laughs> Clayton Redrum. Oh, book club member. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween names. Oh, Halloween man. Names. I love, I love them. Oh, hold on a sec. Okay. So um, it would be. Murder Nut Yelk. Sorry, I had to say it backwards. Cause... Oh, <laughs> I need to, I need to go get a drink. Y'all continue on. That was amazing, Ugh. Mark. I love that you. That was great. <laughs> I'm excited to listen to this. This has become an instant Halloween reading classic that I enjoy returning to every October. As much as I love the thing that go bump in the night, there is always something wonderful about horror sprinkled with comedy. What a team Mike and Warwick make. Yes, and and uh, Clayton also shared he has a JJ Meinhardt sketch. Oh. From, uh, yeah, Encounters. That's what it's called. Uh, Warwick sketchbook, Encounters. He has the the piece from that. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that, Clayton. That was awesome. Of uh, J.T. Meinhardt. Oh, yeah, and he talked about it. Yeah, go ahead, Aubrey. Uh, and then he also said uh, his sketchbooks are really good. Look for an old dark house. It's an album-sized collection. Nice. Man, I got to get yeah. some of those. I think that one's sold out, too, right now. We got a Hey Damn Guys from Mark Twiddle. Who the hell is that? <laughs> Some book club Sounds member. Like a He's a dork. <laughs> no. Yes, he is a fucking dork. <laughs> no. He's a he's an amazing co-host and also hidden ancillary member of the podcast. He sounds like an amazing the... friend yes, yes, who sends awesome you really person. wonderful books <laughs> yes. in the mail. All right. Regarding Warwick Johnson Cadwell's style, I feel like he taps into the same tone of humor as the amazing screw on head, but from the opposite end of the spectrum. Mignola's humor often comes out of stillness, whereas Johnson Cadwell's style cannot be still. An empty yes. room, I agree with that, yeah. An empty room because of the shifts in perspective even in a single panel feels alive and difficult to contain. Yes. Absolutely. And that's I love that very that, dynamic. Yes. Yeah, it's super good. You read it and it's got this energy like a carriage that's bouncing all over the road. Yeah. That's a really good these are all really good descriptors. Like these are all really good descriptive. Yeah, you should write for like this a comics great. website or something. It's fantastic, <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Yeah. You're a good writer. 
the devil waving scene is where I totally lost it. Just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. And his fingerprints are oh my God. and his fingerprints are all over the Leica film, The Missing Link. Did I, I haven't that seen that. Oh, I haven't seen that either. Yeah, he was one of the uh, main designers for that. Like there was two head designers, he was one okay. of them. And you can so tell, like the way the characters are, they're just the whole silhouette is just wow. immediately recognizably him. Wow. The um sea monster at the beginning, like you can so tell his work is all over it. But it's also like a bit of his humor is bleeding into it because um you guys haven't got to the future books, but he actually writes, co-writes the uh, second and third book. Oh, and, okay. um, yeah. Yeah. And and you can tell what his kind of humor is in terms of like, you know, these British uh, people that are very proper and it's very difficult to, for them to break out of their properness. And um, <laughs> as you would have experienced in the first book, you know, like but, um, that's a big part of like his um, missing link as well. There's like these fantastic scenes with like these people who are, bitter enemies fighting in the most like there's they've got to obey the rules but they still want to fight <laughs> it's great awesome i have to check that out i'm so excited to look to see that now knowing that he's involved oh it's it's great i've got the art book and it is so good oh nice, nice. okay this lovely gentleman wraps up his hey damn guys with looking forward to hearing your thoughts on our encounters with evil someday and falcon spear ah falcon spear that's the announced but not yet released third book that's going to be coming out sounds so. good oh wow Very cool. yeah and um spoiler it's damn good oh you oh, were oh nice. nice all right good job there very cool i got a shout out at carly draws Shouts on twitter for carly draws book club member they shared our post for our episode and they said a delightfully spooky read with great art recommended for all your halloween reading needs okay nice and we also heard from Warwick Johnson Cadwell. Awesome. <laughs> Warwick Johnson Cadwell. Creative. Yeah. Yes, right. yes. <laughs> Amazing artist. Amazing um, artist. Yeah, I thought this was so nice. He shared our, our episode on his Facebook page. He said, a great review of Mr. Higgins Comes Home from the Book Club Members podcast. Thank you. And thanks oh. to Jerry Turnbull for tipping me off to this. That's nice. So thank, thank you, you, Jerry Turnbull. And then he responded to one of our posts on Twitter. He said, thank you so much. I'm so happy you liked the book. I was so damn lucky to get to do it. Oh, thank very you. Very cool. That was very so, nice. Yeah. Thank you for that. That was really amazing to get some feedback from the author. Maybe we could yeah. talk to him someday. Or, hey, I don't cool. know, when we talk about our encounters with evil, maybe. He's very easy to talk to. I've done an interview with him, and oh, yeah, he's wonderful. great. Oh, nice. Oh, really? Okay. Seems super nice. There That's we go. Cool. That's going to be a... Uh... Maybe he can be a book club member. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, and now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. Hey. This week, we're talking about Harrow County. Okay. Countless Haints. Countless Haints, yes. This uh, series began in 2015. It's written by Cullen Bunn and the artist by Tyler Crook. Um, we know Tyler Crook well from his work on the BPRD comics. That's how I first like got it. What's that? You worked on BPRD. You don't say. You don't say. Yeah, you know, I actually have a really great Tyler Crook page. It's from uh, Grind, and it's the guy that looks like me. And, yeah. and, and it's it's the scene where he's going to bed right before the monster takes him, and I have it above my Looks bed, just like him. Yes, uh, he's, got, he's got it next yeah. to the bed above his uh, should, end table. Yeah, above my little like uh, nightstand with yeah. my lamp. So I should take a picture of that so I could see that. But yeah, I have it right there. He look, I, it's really like 
did this guy look at John and then draw this character? It's amazing. <laughs> it really does look so, like me. And every time, every day cute. when I'm going to bed, I look at that and I'm like, yeah. I'm about to do that. Yeah, I'm about to lay down and cute. go to bed. And then maybe a, a monster will take it. But yeah, so Tyler Crook. <laughs> we love Tyler Crook. Yes, we do. I've actually got a bit of art of um, his right in front of me uh, oh. of uh, Johan. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah when I first, like, he, he gave it to me for free when I met him. Like, it was just like, uh, wow. it was wow. 2012. Oh, nice. And um, he recognized me from Twitter. Aww. I can't remember the details exactly, but I was walking around the floor at the New York Comic Con and I hear someone yell, Mark, Mark Tweedale. <laughs> nice. so I went over to him and we talked for ages Aww. and he showed me all the stuff he was working on. And yeah, like when so um, cool. we parted, he gave me this drawing of... Um, Johan going got an email. Oh, that's really oh, nice. nice. You got to send me yeah, a picture of that. It, yeah, so we can post it. I have it. it on my desk at all times while I'm working. That's awesome. Wow, is it um is it bubblehead or is it the Russian suit? Bubblehead. Nice. So it's like, you know, this is really nice. early days when he had just started working on the series. Wow. That's so awesome when you're able to have such a wonderful interaction with one of your favorite artists. How special. That's really cool. Yeah, he's a really awesome guy. Yeah, and I totally forgot to mention the Daimyo piece mm-hmm. that I was lucky enough to get where I had him make pay tribute to that Peter Parker Spider-Man motif where it's yeah. like half the wear Jaguar. I had half a great the... time framing that. Too. Yeah. I went yeah, all you out did an on amazing that. I went all out with that, that one. one. So it looks really great up Phillips on the wall. in there. And... Yeah. Tyler Crook, he's an amazing artist. So it was a real pleasure to get to see some of his work again. And this was your pick, Mark, right? So, um, you know, having having you as part of book club members and we can talk about some different comics. And, you know, I really wanted to get you on the show um, to talk about something, either like a Hellboy short story or something like that. And you were like, oh, I can't pass this up. So um, talk a little bit about this series. This is a series that because I was writing for Multiversity Comics at the time, I got sent a preview PDF well ahead of its final release of the first two issues. And by the end of the second issue, I think it's pretty fair to say I was totally and utterly in love with it. I immediately um, contacted the writer, Cullen Bunn and uh, Tyler Crook, and said, I want to talk more about this. And they started doing this kind of regular piece with me where after each arc, we do kind of like a breakdown. Oh, and that's just wow. out what it was. Nice. So we call that the Harrow County Observer. And that's it's cool. just a piece that we run. We're still running it to date. And yeah, they're always like really game to talk about these these titles. And I, I really, really love that's talking so cool. to them about it's it. It's like, like you did a book so... club with the creators of the book. That's, <laughs> that's well, really the, cool. The thing is, like, you know, like they're busy people. So, you know, like um, you feel bad you know, like, uh, taking up so much of their time, you know, but but the same, but yeah. So, um, like, you know, I remember doing one piece where I was just looking at covers, for example, and I'm like, Oh, I want to talk about this cover and this cover. And then Tyler Crook comes back with like so much stuff. Like they just give you way more than you're expecting every time, which is just the best. So nice. It really is. So is there a a Harrow County observer for this arc? Uh, yes, there is. Uh, it was the very first one I wrote. Nice. Well, I, nice. I kind of did a preview one early on. And uh, so, yeah, the, the official first Harrow County Observer is Countless Haints. But there were some unofficial ones before that where we previewed the cover work of um, Tyler Crook. You know, like we had a video put up where he was drawing it. Um, I believe the video is now a dead link, which is annoying. But, you know, oh. um, <laughs> you can still view them on um, Tyler Crook's uh, YouTube channel, which is I recommend you follow him because they're always awesome. Awesome. They're just these great process, you know, like our sped up process things where you see the whole thing just come together insanely fast and you have really no respect for the under- like the, <laughs> how much time he just puts into it. You know, you're like, you're like, Oh, that's, that was six minutes. Wow. 
and you, it's so much more work. Wow. Than that. But anyway, I'll definitely check that out. I love watching videos like that. Oh, they're so addictive. You just, yeah. I, I like to return to them every now and then because they're just really relaxing to watch. Oh yeah, definitely. Very cool. Yeah. Um, well, you have to send me links to these and we can put them in the show notes for this episode. Everybody can check those out. Oh, wait a minute. Did I mention to you guys the soundtrack? Oh, tell us about this. Yes, I, I yeah. saw something oh, okay. briefly about this. Yeah, so um, Tyler Crook did a soundtrack for the first two arcs. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, he, so... Um, he, he plays he all actually, his own like, instruments? He, he, um, yeah, like he, he did his own... Like uh, if you go into Bandcamp, there's the Harrow County soundtracks, volumes it, one and two. Is it so a it's soundtrack or a score? Like what? Oh, sorry, uh, score would be okay. the correct term, yes. That's interesting. Although That's I guess it's cool. not really a score because, you know, a score is all about syncing with... Well, no, because yeah, is it? Anyway. I just mean like, is it? Yeah, it's so. Like, is it a score? Is it a soundtrack? Is it just like he wrote a song? Is it? Is it instrumental or is it what? Is, what's what's instrumental? Okay. Definitely instrumental. Okay, huh. yeah, that's really interesting. That's cool, man. I love stuff like that. I'm definitely gonna yeah. check that out on Bandcamp. Maybe cool. I can um, get some permission to use some of the music in this episode too. Yeah, that'd be I'm sure he'll let you do that. Actually, he's like really awesome. Oh, that's, that's very cool. cool. Well, thank you for tipping me off to that, Mark. And I'll share a link to that too for the Bandcamp if you want to check out the music for yourself. Before we get into it, did we want to drop a uh, like warning for uh, trigger warning for people? That's a great idea, Mark. Before we get into it. This series is about witches and the opening scene is pretty graphic there. You know, people get hanged and there are some. Also, I think we should drop one for the domestic abuse. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you for that, Mark. There's some pretty messed up stuff. There's so. a lot of disturbing yeah. imagery. And it is a horror book. And that's and one of the reasons why yeah. we're talking about it because it's Halloween time. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Uh, hold on. You got to give me the thing. Yeah. It's Halloween time. Ha ha ha. I'm going to put in my little music there. Yeah. Nice. I have my music yeah. key. One <laughs> thing that's not funny, though, is that a father tries to strangle his daughter to death, and that's pretty upsetting. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah, so, my Halloween stuff is more, we've talked about this before, but my Halloween vibe is more on the level of like Beetlejuice, the Burbs, Ghostbusters. I'm oh, more like man. that kind of X Files. I like to watch all my favorite X Files episodes, stuff like that. Like, I'm not really into the deep, gory, horrific stuff. Do, uh, I, we forgot to talk about that. Sorry, I did want to talk about this really quick. Do you watch Halloween movies, Mark? Do you get into any of that or not really? I missed it all as a kid because um, I grew up in a family that didn't right. let us watch that sort of thing. So uh, I got to it very late. Like when I first started watching, um, my, my, I think my first horror film was Scream, which okay. we just is saw the that. worst movie. <laughs> yeah, Scream is the worst movie to see if you've never seen a horror movie before because right. it's completely oh, right. just a commentary oh. on other movies. On other movies. Right. And so if you don't have that, it's just like, okay, right. yeah, I don't get it. Like it's it's right. just, it's not that interesting to have characters telegraph what's going to happen. Like okay, yeah, yeah. wow. But anyway, so um, that that was a like, and then right after that, it was I know what you did last summer and The Ring. All of which just didn't so really do it for me. Oh. Like I just kind of felt like there were like I liked the imagery of the ring, but I overall like it was one of those ones where I watched it and then I went out like at eleven o'clock at night and went for a long walk in the woods. So <laughs> it didn't exactly scare me to say the See, least. I think yeah. that one the was, ring was incredibly. I disturbing. think that was very scary. I don't know. Maybe we just have different. So I just wanted to talk about this really quick because a lot of people gave us horror recommendations, and I've been watching a lot of horror movies. Oh, okay. 
So I have a list yeah. here of everything that I've been watching. So I watched Malignant. I watched um, some Hitchcock movies, Vertigo and Rope. See, I like I like oh, Vertigo Rope. and Rope. Yeah, those were good. I love Hitchcock. I watched Midsummer, mm-hmm. which I had never seen. I thought that was oh, really good. Oh, my God. I watched the Director's Cut? Oh, no. I guess whatever. The one that's on Amazon is the one that I watched. Well, uh, okay, because um, I know on Google Play they have both the original and the Director's oh. Cut. And the Director's Cut is so good. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Invisible Man. Uh, Aubrey recommended the. Inv- oh, the, yes, the that, one with Elizabeth Moss. Yes, that movie is intense. Yeah. Both of those movies are intense. The Invisible Man also. That was a good recommendation, Aubrey. Oh my god, Invisible Man had like the most. Uh, am I? Are we allowed to spoil the film? Uh, it came out last year. Yeah, it's been out for a while. Spoilers for the Invisible Man. All right, you skip a few. Yes. Skip ahead Spoilers. if you don't want to hear it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I have to mention this because it was the most bizarre scare. Uh, so, um, I've got tryptophobia. So, you oh, know, like okay. the, oh, wow. that whole thing. Yeah. Like the, the stuff where it's like if something's got holes in it. It just creeps you out. Oh. So like, you know, the, the weird iPhone camera, for example, always yeah. sends like a chill down my spine. But anyway, they've got the invisible man in this one scene and they're doing the, you know, the usual stuff they always do when there's someone invisible in the scene. And, you know, like, you know where the person is, you know, when she throws the paint that it's going to land over this thing and you'll get the jump scare. Right. There he is. You know, like it's playing exactly the way you've seen it a million times before. The difference is she throws the paint and it splats all over him and you see the myriad cameras in this trypophobic yeah. pattern. And it was like, so I got like this violent, oh, you know, like it just it creeped me out so much i applaud the filmmakers for that because that was sheer brilliance yes yes that was very good oh i still get chills thinking about that uh beetlejuice is a classic we watched alien movies uh prometheus alien covenant the first alien and aliens those are my faves um we watched the burbs i feel like those are more sci-fi movies i was covenant I like well. It. It's it's not great, but I like we like Michael Fassbender. I like Michael Fassbender, and mm-hmm. he's so I'm good watch in it. it. And 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 Covenant is I'm too Michael Fassbender. I'm too Michael Fassbender. <laughs> so yeah. I mean I don't know and how. Yeah, they use it together. Yeah, they do. They play a little a, flute. There you go. I love that scene. That's a great scene. Um, the Burbs. That's a classic. Love the Burbs. Um, that's so a good much. like you know if you're if it, you're real low key don't want to get into the horror stuff. Um, I watched Lords of Salem. That's a Rob Zombie movie. That was actually really good. I enjoyed okay. that one. Willie's Wonderland. I watched that. That was really stupid. Um, I, ca- I came back and watched The Descent again. Okay. Um, have you seen that one, Mark? I have, yes. Okay. I have claustrophobia. So uh, yeah, me too. That movie, that movie is just as terrifying and good as I remembered it. So that was amazing. Um, I watched Victor Frankenstein. That was okay. It was kind of weird. Um, Witches of Eastwick, that's another classic, oh, old school. Oh, forever. I watched The Exorcist 3. Everyone was saying to rec- was recommending that movie. It was great. It was amazing. Um, if you like Brad Dourif especially, he's great in that. Hereditary scared the shit out of me. That movie was amazing. Very good horror movie. Um, the uh-huh. Witch, we watched The Witch. We got the Black Phillip in there. If you listen to, was the last one? Yeah. I was like, oh, Black Phillip. He was like, what? And he just got his, like, Googling this furiously trying to... <laughs> find black yeah, i was like yeah, yeah the, the he's a goat who's also the devil and john was like we we're watching that yeah yeah so, so that was pretty good I, I i and danielle was able to get through that movie too so it wasn't that messed up yeah because you enjoyed that one too right? i don't know if i enjoyed it okay but you watched i it. well <laughs> i i watched just some of it some of the time I didn't yeah. really. I'm one of those people that will just if if something is unpleasant, I just won't look yeah. at it. I just won't look at it. <laughs> I also watched Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. I love Elvira. <laughs> that movie is stupid, but I fucking love Elvira. I saw that movie in the theater as a kid. 
Good for um, her. As far as I can tell, she's great. So yes, yeah. and then I I watched a Resident Evil Retribution. I hadn't I haven't really seen a whole lot of the Resident Evil movies, and I was like, let me just watch this one, and it was so dumb and oh, ridiculous I but i just kept watching it i just and then by the time it was over i was like okay i want to see the one before and the one after this one so that's how they get you anyway mia jovovich and then we saw scream we just recently watched that right too, so see, that's just a goofy ass movie yeah it's good though i think it no, holds i'm just up, saying yeah. like it's not you know if you i mean obviously if you don't like a slasher like that don't watch it yeah. but it's you know yeah you know yeah, yeah i can't watch a lot of the that's... disgusting gory stuff yeah. in that. i'll just look away or something yeah that's very much my taste like i i don't really get into slashes at all I, they've never really done anything for me um i really like zombie movies but i just watched return of the living dead part three <laughs> last week <laughs> why uh, well because i'd been seeing it on the um I remember seeing the cover box on the video store back in the day when yeah. we worked there, and it was looking for something to watch on HBO Max, and it was there. And I liked the first Return of the Living Dead, and it wasn't okay. Well, oh, it was terrible, but it was good. Yeah, I, I, exactly. Know. That's kind of how some of these I like movies a lot of terrible are, yeah. movies that are good. And it's an it's a different take on the zombie genre than just like a whole bunch of zombies just storming out trying to kill you. It's like, right. You know, the guy tries girlfriend dies and he tries to resurrect her and she comes back as a zombie okay. and it's just <laughs> it's terribly acted and right. it's so like mr 90s is the main fucking star <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and i mean mr bland 90s right sure. yeah 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 oh but See, was, i've never seen great. it so good yeah, yeah good good right good i just wanted to throw that out there let us know what halloween movies horror movies you're into excellent need to see annihilation we've seen yeah. that one what is that? Okay, that wasn't on your Natalie list. Portman, right. Natalie Portman, Natalie Portman. I yeah. love the that Shimmer movie. The Shimmer or whatever. I yeah, love that movie. That movie's movie. fucking great. I love an Oscar. That is my Isaacs. go-to movie to relax. Okay. Wow. That has some horror elements too, though. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. I find it very comforting, the idea of a of a weird... I can't describe what I'm talking about. <laughs> the concept... But you like the idea of it. Yeah. Well, there was at the very end when all the um, weird, almost like Lynchian shit starts happening. I'm like, you know what? This is fine, actually. Nice. I'm into it. I yeah. like this. Yeah, that's another that, good recommendation. Yeah, I really dug that. I love that movie. Sorry, I wanted to take that little sidetrack to just talk about horror movies since it's Halloween times. Also, I would like some recommendations for uh, just some charming autumnal movies okay also do i don't that. know why we have to do all this i'm i need it as disgusting and horrible and awful as possible not me <laughs> not me <laughs> so let's talk about this opening scene mark So uh, this opening sequence wasn't originally supposed to be part of the comic. Oh, okay. Um, back when they were originally working on this and, you know, like trying to get eyes on this particular book, because as a creator-owned book, it's very hard to get people to notice you. Um, they created this opening sequence as a prologue that would be distributed just online as, you know, uh, a little teaser for the series. Okay. And the double page spread at the beginning is actually supposed to be the beginning of the first issue that okay. was where it was originally supposed to be oh so there's like three these three extra pages are kind of like the added intro we kind yes. of um get the idea here you know we're thrown right into the people of harrow county are putting this witch to death and they've done all these different things stabbed her shot her and then finally they're hanging her they're trying to read her the last rites but the bible pages washed clean and you know, she on this last panel, we get like this uh, really menacing, like 
you know, where she opens her eyes and kind of looks down at them that she's still alive. It kind of gives some of the background here, like people of the town, like turned a blind eye. They kind of knew uh, that this witch, Hester Beck, that she had powers. Um, you know, we see livestock dying in her presence. She's holding like some sermons and baptism she's talking to this giant uh bull monster or whatever this is um but in this bottom panel where i guess like she's taking babies or something like that's where the townspeople are like okay we have to draw the line here right yeah yeah so this is pretty gruesome like they set her on fire and uh as she's like burning and dying she's like cursing all of them you know that she'll come back keep watch and be ready whether to tend or murder but I'll see you all once more. And that's a gruesome panel right there. I mean, Tyler Crook is it really is. doing some amazing work there. So one thing I really love is that like, you know, you the moments like these have a way of imprinting on your memory. So there's things through that are just buried throughout this entire sequence that hint at the long game for this series. And by making this such a horrific sequence, it sticks in your head and you know, later on when it calls back to these elements, they're still lingering. So it, it, it's uh, useful. It's very purposeful in its gore in that way. Nice. Okay. We get this amazing. So this was going to be the first page and there's a lot of really cool imagery like this where they work the Harrow County, you know, name into the art like that. Um, that's really beautiful. Yeah. This, this, this uh, page is just something really just beautiful to look at. I just kind of stopped and looked at it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot of pages like that in the series. Yeah. We meet Emmy. She's waking up from a nightmare. It says she's dreaming of that tree. So they on that first uh, page where it says Harrow County, we see that big tree there. And it's got this huge gash in it. It was the echo of nightmares, of haints. She could not see them, but she knew they were there. Wrapped in shadow, they crowded close to the bed, watching her. Countless haints. You know, I got to throw my my trivia in here from a website called haints.org, Tales <laughs> of Southern Haints. It says a haint is a type of ghost or evil spirit that originated in the beliefs and customs of the Gula Geechee people, descendants of African slaves who lived predominantly in the low country and on the barrier islands off the coast of the Carolinas, Georgia, and North Florida. The word haint may be derived from early European roots, the verb hainter meaning to stalk or inhabit. Other sources claim the word actually originated from the Welsh word haint, meaning infection, plague, or pestilence. So anyway, I had to look that up because I hadn't really heard that term a whole lot. It's kind of interesting because um, Callum Bunn uh, doesn't stick to any particular one definition of haint. Like, it's kind of this interesting amalgam of all of those things. Yeah, that That's you're cool. absolutely right. Um, I kind of like that, uh, keeping it loose, uh, I guess, like where anything could kind of fit in there it also allows it to you know really belong to his series you know it's it's his oh, take yeah. on it his it's version his world yeah. you know yeah yeah that's great i do like this panel where it's describing her looking at that big hole in the tree that people said it was struck by lightning but obviously we know mm. that that's not really what happened right yeah um but it says so, the tree had not grown since and a rotting hollow had yawned in the trunk the cavity had been filled to keep the wound from separating, but the decaying wood pulled away from the concrete like gums, receded like old blunted teeth. Emmy hated that tree, and she feared it too, feared its secrets. I love that. That's just uh, some really cool writing, and I like that description of uh, yeah. this awful tree. I just want to point out that this is one thing I love about doing this particular story in this style, is like you've got narration that is all about evoking images in your head that are a bit formless, and then you have this style 
where like because of all the strange shapes that you get in the watercolor you just start seeing like almost phantom image you know like when you're looking at um just kind of messy kind of noise how you can see pictures in it yeah in the noise of the watercolor you see like little pictures of things it's it's a really really nice match of uh you know like material with art style right it's like is that stuff really there is it supposed to be there is that supposed to look like a head or whatever right yeah yeah watercolor is great for this kind of story well and the watercolor really ramps it up on this next scene where she it shows the dream of the tree and it's all like got the teeth and it's all rah. i mean that's like where the hole is there's a mouth and it like the teeth open up and they say lies lies pretty intense you ever had a dream like that (laughs) nope (laughs) not like that in particular I do have some pretty messed up dreams, though. Just a tree, nothing more. But she's got to, like, lay under... I felt really bad for her in this in this opening scene because we already know that that tree has some bad juju attached to it, and she just has to, like, sleep under it, like, every day and have these nightmares and stuff like that. I don't know. It's pretty messed up. No, it, it's totally messed up. <laughs> we cut over to the next day, and we see her meeting with her pa. And so they're kind of, like, teasing each other. They're talking about the new calf she wants to name it but he says no you can't do that because then you'll get attached to it uh, but they go in there and the calf is all messed up right and we've kind of seen some of this kind of gore effect or whatever in the it reminded me of some of the bprd stuff like the Ogdruhem stuff and all the weird um mutated stuff that people would with the gas and all that so she's talking about the calf the dad leaves to go fetch his gun and so she starts to like I don't know, kind of fawn oh, over it. Sorry, I have to point out. Yes. Just the stuff that's going on with the father in this scene where like, you know, that line where it's like no sense naming a calf and you're just like knowing where this story is going. Oh yeah. my God. Oh, right. Wow. This whole scene is just like a metaphor for what's to come. You're exactly right. As Emmy is like kind of fawning over this calf, we kind of see her inspecting his eye. He's got all this like gross stuff around it. And then the dad comes out with the gun and it just trots out. It's all fine now. I thought of a name, Pa Shaky. His name is Shaky. Isn't that something? He's all better. Isn't that something? And we show that Pa like wiping his brow. He's burying all the dead animals, but it also made me think like he knows something's up with her already. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And so she asks him about all these animals that he's burying. She asks, why are they being born like that? He says, you ought not worry about such things. It doesn't mean anything. Of course, and then right after he says that, the, the birds come, you know, screaming out of the Right, forest. yeah. That's an ominous <laughs> yeah. sign for sure. Well, it's because this guy is coming down the road. I love that on the birds, there's like this subtle smear in the yeah. colors to like replicate yeah. motion blur. They're all like, blurry. That just, good. it's so nice. Oh, you're right. That is so subtle, but. Um... It just makes it feel like it's moving, even yeah. though they're just shadows, essentially. Yeah. Very cool. And just like, I love that the way they do this next section where it's like, you can tell there's a relationship between the father and Raya and it's not something that he's happy about because you see in the next three panels, his face going into a little bit of darkness, his face going completely black than the thing that's coming down the road in black. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's great. Damn good storytelling. It's very good. It's and really good storytelling. We meet um, Raya, and then is this his daughter, Bernice? Is is that his little girl? I would assume Granddaughter. So. Granddaughter, okay. okay. And I like this scene. I mean, it does establish that they have a relationship, and uh, Raya's like, oh, I got some books for you to read, you know? So she goes back and 
you know, the two girls have a moment where they're talking together. I really liked all this. I like the body language between the two of them as they're sitting there talking. It's cool that you like that because like this sort of stuff where it's just the characters being together and it's it's a core part of the series. It's my favorite it part of any along. story. Yeah. It's yeah. what I yeah. crave and yearn for every time I'm reading or watching something. I could just that could be the whole thing and I'd be fine with it. Yeah. I feel like um they did a good job with the covers on this series because the covers basically show you this is what you're going to get in terms of the worst content. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of like, you know, it's, it's like its own content warning. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, you put that on the cover and people go, okay, yeah, I know if I'm going to be able to handle this book or not just based on the cover. Right. But the thing that is missing from that is this other element, this like incredibly lovable yeah. like relationships between these characters, which, you know, like, Every fan that falls for this series sooner or later is just like, oh, my God, I love these characters. Yeah. They, they are the best. And they have a moment here where she's like, oh, you're turning 18 soon. Are you going to go, you know, marry a guy or go off and see the world? And she's like, oh, no, I have to stay here and help my dad with the farm, you know, or whatever. Um, and they go see the new calf. We also see this scene with Raya and the dad. What's his name? Do we learn the dad's name? I just keep calling him the dad. Um, oh, I keep forgetting. It. Oh, they mentioned here, Isaac. It's Isaac. Isaac, right. So Isaac and Raya, they are having a conversation too. And this was, I was like, okay, what's going on here? Because they're like, oh, she's almost of age. Have you seen any signs yet? Or has it been curdled milk or brimstone stink and all this kind of stuff? They're like, she seems normal enough, doesn't she? Weren't you listening? She is normal. After all we'd done all them years ago, she ain't coming back, Isaac says. Like I said, I'm inclined to believe you, Raya responds. I like her too, always have. I hope you're right, because if you're wrong, if you miss something, that girl will have her vengeance against each and every one of us. We cut over to Emmy and Isaac in the home. She's starting to bring up this stuff about, you know, her birthday is coming up, and he's immediately like, oh, you're ready to, like, run away from me already? You in such a hurry to grow up and leave me all alone? And so it talks about there's, like, a quiet moment there that just, uh, I like the description. Emmy let the matter drop and the quiet rushed in to flood the house. The quiet. Emmy sometimes thought of it as a living, breathing thing. So is that, is she sensing like the haints? Is that part of that quiet or that presence? Oh God, it's, I'm just going to not say anything because this is too <laughs> You get a sense she's sensing something, yes. Yeah, because I thought this was interesting. It talks about the only time that she feels good or whatever is when she's like in the woods. You know, when she's away from that tree, you know, she's got to be under that tree all the time. And then when she goes out into other parts of the woods, she's not feeling that same kind of like dread or uncomfortableness. Mm. And there's just some great work here of her walking through the forest. I love all this color work. I mean, it's pretty incredible. God, I love the way he draws forests. Yeah, really cool. Uh, There's an interesting thing here where like I usually don't like narration in comics. Um, I find it's often just too much. But what I like uh, about what Cullen and Tyler do is that when Cullen does his narration, he doesn't talk about what's literally going on. He talks about something that's going on parallel in the character's interior life. And there's an interplay between these two things that, you know, you see something new in the art because of the narration and vice versa. And yeah, once you start looking for that, you see it all over the place. Narration is kind of weird, you know what I mean? And and you don't really see it, I guess, I don't know I, if I've seen it a lot in, in many modern comics, but it, I think it works well in this. It didn't really seem to bother me. I didn't really even notice it until you brought it up, to be honest. While Emmy is in the woods, she sees this little boy over there. 
she's like, hey, where are you going? And I like how they never really show his eyes. Like, they give him, like, a creepy factor already, this little boy. Yeah. You know, just, like, when they show him standing there. I don't know. Like, I almost think, like, that would be a horror moment to just see this little kid out there. Mm-hmm. And he starts running away from her, so she starts chasing after him. And she comes across this giant, like, thorn bush. And so she starts going through that. And this, like, started to ramp it up for me. Like, I was like, oh, my God, what is happening? And she's, like, going through and getting scratched and all this stuff by the thorns. How you going there, Danielle? Going good. <laughs> okay, I'm just, I, I know this is not going to be pleasant. Um, This is not my cup of tea. And, I've, you know, anyone that yeah. listens to the show knows that. And so I, and I don't have a problem saying this. Anything I don't want to look at, I don't look at it. So I'll just turn mm. the page until I get to a page I want to look at. <laughs> Honestly, I just skip shit that I don't want to see in movies. And I do the same thing with comic books. So it's one of those things yeah. where it's like, obviously, Tyler Crook is a great artist. And, you know, I'm I'm not saying that the writer is not a good, obviously, like, you know, the writers obviously honed their craft. And if this is your thing, then this is probably a great thing. This is not my kind of thing. So that's it's not for mm. everyone, though. And I think that's OK. Yeah. So I think this just because it's not my bag of tea doesn't mean it's bad. I don't really want to be like, ah, I don't like this because it's not that's not really a true positive or negative criticism of the actual content is it it's just like this isn't really my thing that's not really a very constructive or informative book club um it's not really a very valuable contribution to just be like that's not really my thing so Mm. i feel like i can appreciate the elements of the story that i know are objectively good and the rest of it i just be like well if that's your thing that's your thing if it's not it's not so i'm i guess that's well i'm not really weighing in a whole lot on this particular episode just because i don't really have much to say I guess about it. Yeah. So I just find it interesting the way they choose to introduce this character because it's, he's treated, you know, like as this distant ghost and then this horrific object almost rather than a character first. And you kind of, in that way, like, you know, you, you introduce to him as a horror element first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And over time you'll get to know him as a character and it's surprising how going back to material like this, something that was previously horrific that you know like you you were responding viscerally to the horror of the image right you go back and reread this stuff and suddenly you're really sad sure right it's an emotional thing now and i just wonder like also because i've (laughs) i've been exposed to so much um you know material over the years that's like which is bad burn them all they like to have sex with the devil and steal (laughs) your babies and eat your babies and i'm like all right that's some truly hack shit and i'm you know what more can be said about it it's just some boring hack shit that i don't care for at all and so going into the story it's just all stuff that i'm not really personally a fan of but i that doesn't mean that this artwork and this story is not a well-told story and it's not well-done artwork so it's like i can separate the fact that it's good in a lot of ways to the fact that it's not really my personal deal so and like you said it's interesting you mentioned that the story evolves and the story takes on a different you know theme in a life of its own i'm willing to you know stick it out and 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 see that for what it is and 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 discover yeah. those the merits of of that and and things like that so yeah just for now i'm just kind of like kicking back and watching everything unfold i guess but yeah it is interesting you mentioned that witch thing because that was very that's very much my own response i'm not a big fan of that kind of just which is a bad but yeah i just I, I don't find it particularly interesting it's not <laughs> and <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think it's a very creative thing especially because you're talking about a bunch of people that like historically were persecuted just for being different just for and for being women yeah exactly (laughs) like it's it's pretty messed up and i i don't think it's a particularly constructive way to write fiction like if if you look so what i like is that's 
the place they start off with very deliberately. Right. And the series deconstructs that and then goes to the most fantastic places. Okay. Eventually. So yeah. So I'm, yeah. that's the, and that's why I'm kicking like, back. That's because I, yeah. I know that you, you wouldn't have us reading this if it wasn't, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, that's why I'm not really weighing in a whole lot is because it's like, well, at this moment in time, I don't have much to say, but you know, maybe later down the line, there will yeah. be something oh, for me to talk. So that's, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind I of I love waiting. the way it explores witches. Sure. I okay, really do. cool. Well, there you go. Awesome. Yeah, that makes me excited for this. I thought this scene was pretty terrifying. I mean, like this page as she's like getting closer yeah, to discovering it's very the thing. Uncomfortable. Like yeah. as she goes deeper mm-hmm. and deeper into the thorns, and when you get to this bottom panel, it almost looks like teeth. And it's like, yeah. what are you calling yeah. into? Well, and it's very uncomfortable, but it's like that's a credit to the people creating yes. the story and the art. And it's it's like that's good job. You did your <laughs> yeah. goal. You you did yeah. what you set out to do. You you met your goal of making me very uncomfortable. Good job. Yeah, and then the reveal pays off. I mean, she finds like the Ugh, skin of a boy. You know, it's like just the skin. And she's like, like only the skin. And then it starts talking to her. And for all of that horror, what bothered me the most was this cut on her cheek. It looks so painful and infected. realistic. Yeah. Like the way that Tyler Crook does the blood around that wound. Like, even when she first gets it and she's like, ah, like, it looks really painful. I don't know. I'm like, that's bleeding a lot. (laughs) I don't know why that bothered me so much. There's like a skinless husk of a boy. But like, I'm like, man, that scratch looks really painful. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how we end issue one. And we get another great cover by Tyler Crook on this second issue. Which was originally the cover for issue one. Oh, that's the issue one cover? Yeah, so um, they swapped issue one and two because two, uh, when they saw it, they were like, oh, this is such a great image. And they used it a lot in the promotional material. But uh, I mean, like when you actually read issue two, you can see why it was originally issue two's cover. Uh, yeah, so it makes perfect sense too. Yeah, okay, cool. Look at this opening page as we come into this issue. Uh, this is incredible. I love yeah. this. Uh, these what what kind of birds are these, Danielle? Those look like mockingbirds to oh. me. Oh, yeah. do they? And do they have the Harrow County in there? That's in there, right? That's they with do. all the stuff that's yeah. on the ground right, right there. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't even really notice that until this time. Uh, I missed that on the first one. <laughs> like this oh. little snake. Aw. Oh, yes. really? Yeah. I, I love the kind of where's Wally aspect of, you know, finding the logo. Yeah. Each Cute. Very cool. Oh, where, where's Waldo? Sorry for American. No, it's Wally over there, isn't it? That's great. Uh, yeah, Wally in the UK and Australia. That's cool. And New Zealand. This is such a wild scene. And she like, okay, so first of all, she takes the skin with her <laughs> and she folds it up like a T-shirt. Like the way you fold like a like your laundry or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how it, the skin feels feverish and it's sweating. Uh, but Emmy knew what she had found, a haint. The hollows in the marshes and old tobacco barns crawled with them, deathly pale and gravely silent. Yeah, I kind of like how she finds this skin, talking skin boy thing. And she's like, first thing she did is like, I'm taking this shit with yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right away it tells you that, you know, there's more to Emmy than just yeah. this. 17 year old girl as she's making her way back she hears like something following her and she's like hello is there somebody out there and we see something out there in the shadows but she laughs to herself about it she says wouldn't be much of a ghost if you were still alive and as she exits out this page is incredible i love the color on this page oh yeah um when the dad sees her she's like trying to hide that she's got this skin and then it shows her legs like, that was so mm. impactful to me to just see, like, all those scratches. They really, like, um, 
it, it they emphasize it without making it seem like they're emphasizing it you know what i mean they want you to notice that her legs are all scratched up but it's almost like i don't know i don't know i just thought it was a great bit of storytelling right there yeah yeah, so uh, she comes inside and she's inspecting the skin. Won't do to have Pa seen my clothes all cut up and bloody. And I don't know if you can see or not, seen as you don't have eyes. I may not know much about boys, but I know enough to realize that eyes or no, you'll find a way to peek if you can. So you'll wait in here. And she folds them up and puts them in the dresser <laughs> with all the rest of the shirts and stuff like that. I think that's hilarious. Oh, that was great. When the dad comes in. I love this panel where she's like, I'm in here, Pa, and she's like stuffing stuff under the bed. I don't know. There's just a lot of a lot of expression in that panel. And uh, so when he comes in and checks on her, she's totally fine. She's like, oh, I went for a walk is all. I might have gotten too close to a thorn vine, but when she inspects her hands and they show her legs, this is like that deliberate shot um, yeah. mirroring yeah, the legs. other one. And it's like, she's totally fine. She doesn't have a scratch on her. She's also startled by that. Oh, God, that breaks my heart though the very next panel of the father yeah and just black behind him because you can see at that moment he's like fuck i know what i have to do now yes yeah yeah wow pretty intense um as uh as the father leaves she talks to the skin again through the drawer she says "Uh, you be good in there all right don't go get into trouble while i'm not here to watch over you and outside of her window a bloody handprint I think that would have been like a jump scare reveal or it yeah. would have it would have zoomed out like suddenly and you would have seen the handprint and it would have gone like Dun! or something like hey, that. The music, anyway. the music oh, probably would have done something. <laughs> for me, it's more like, um, you know, it's a thematic handprint. I mean, like you've literally just had that father, you know, with that panel oh, where it's like, you know, yeah. like and it's, it's like it's what's to come. You know, it's like what's literally just outside her window is a bloody moment. Jeez. Wow, Mark, you're really good at this comic analysis thing. i mean i've talked to the creators so a little bit of it is like you know they've spoken to me about their intent and i already have a bit of a sense of things like that so so we get this one spooky shot at night we see the tree we see all the mounds of the bodies of the dead animals we see the calf and then we see through the house i guess like she's sleeping we see the drawer where the skin is being held like rattling and then I guess like we get insight into her dream, you know, in that issue one panel, we got that one really startling page of the tree with all the amazing color and the teeth. And here we kind of get like another uh, cue on that, you know, what her dream state looks like, the way that they balance the colors on shifting back and forth between this is so yeah. impressive. Mm-hmm. She dreams of that tree and like, where's that, that big hole is or that big gash there's like a big bubble there and they're like chopping at it with shovels. It's almost like the tree is pregnant. Right. And then when they open it, yeah. that's her, right? Oh yeah. I mean, that's what I took. Yeah. So this is like, you know, symbolic dreaming, you know, like uh, when you have a, a dream of uh, a time when you were younger, but somehow you're also the same age. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. My feeling is, you know, like they would have opened this and it would have been to infants, but you know, like, yeah. and, you know, like we're seeing a, a different perspective on it. And, right. I mean, you even like, you know, they, they're telling you that kind of, you know, in that last panel when uh, it says looks just like her and like clearly not. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. And so, yeah, like, looks like kind of healthy or covered in goo. But the other one looks like a skeleton head. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when it says looks just like her, that's when she wakes up and she's all freaked out, you know, from the dream. Yeah. So once again, you're seeing like the echoes that this story has in it because we've already seen a pair of twins in this story in the first issue 
where we had the monstrous calf and the other calf that survived. Oh, oh right. right. Okay. So when she wakes up, she's pretty freaked out and she goes over to the skin because it's like rattling, you know, in the thing. She's like, what do you want? And it says window. What about it? Something out there you want me to see? Tree, it says. I love the fact that they're like, it's not just that he says window, but he has <gasps> like, like, you know, you, you can see this yeah. effort yeah. in him speaking. And when he says tree, he points to it with a deflated finger. I thought that was a nice little detail, too. Yeah. <laughs> she says, hate to disappoint you, but I've seen that tree before. <laughs> and when she says before, like, there's all there's like all the silhouettes of all the people out there. Like, that would be so scary, I think. Yeah. Like, just looking out and seeing silhouettes of people in the darkness anyway is kind of creepy anyway. You know what I mean? So there's a bunch of people gathered around the tree. The skin says... The pact must be honored. 18 years and she's showing signs. She's like, are you telling me what they're saying out there? And he keeps going. Since she died, just a girl. Time has come. Terms of the pact. We killed her. Killed the witch. Not her. Raised her. I'm her father. So she realizes that he's out there. And then we see the little skinless boy like in the tree. You know, he's listening to... I thought that was such a cool moment. Like, yeah, he can hear what they're saying and then he can speak through the skin to her. He's got his little rabbit there, too. I don't know if you saw yeah. that. When they were in all the thorns, there was like a rabbit stuffed toy. So you kind of see that, too. I love that little element. Just like they're slowly introducing more aspects of this character. So you start to understand what and who he is. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a boy. You know, it's a little boy. We saw it in that yeah. in that first scene. So even a skinless boy wants a little stuffed toy to carry around or whatever. Well, the, the point, I think, is just that he's not a monster that looks like a little boy. I mean, if he's holding something yeah. like a little rabbit... Yeah. then he is a boy who can be scared and needs comfort just as much as anyone else. He tells her what they're saying. It's decided. The witch must die. So then we get this scene where Isaac is coming over to see Emmy. And when he like goes into a room, she's gone. And like the drawers are all pulled out. And he's like, dear Lord, girl, don't make this worse. Don't run. And then, of course, that's what she's doing. Don't make me hunt you down. Mm -hmm. That's horrible. That's horrible. Oh, Very my horrible. God. Yeah. That was Turn like... father. Yeah. No, awful. And so we just see her terrified running through the woods. And I love this description because she's like, I've been exploring these woods my whole life. I know where everything is. But in the dark, like, nothing seemed familiar. Right. And I've totally been in that yeah. situation where you're like, mm -hmm. where you're freaked out about something or you're in some sort of state or it's just dark and the lights are out or whatever. And, like, stuff that you should know, like, it's it just... Not, yeah. It just seems totally foreign well, yeah, it, that, yeah that's a very like you said if you're in a different state of mind if you're in a panic right you know yeah. you're not going to know up from down that's yeah and and i think that uh, obviously there's horrible stuff within the story but a lot of the horror is just these descriptions like yeah. i'm just like Ugh, yeah. you know what i mean i've even <laughs> like i've driven somewhere during the day and then i have to go there at night yes. all of a sudden i'm like this is all different this is scary i don't now. know where <laughs> i am well not even scary it's just like i'm like yeah it's it's not even that it's frightening i just don't no, recognize any of it it just looks different yeah. and that's it makes me feel super dumb yeah i think that's something that uh um cullen's really good at tapping into yeah. familiar horror if that makes sense yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yes and I, just heightening it yeah, yeah absolutely i also love the onomatopoeia as a sound effects in this scene oh, the yeah. cringe snap you know the way that those are put in there it's very expressive and it really gives the sense of that sound you that know what i mean your own father is coming to murder you yeah well yeah. I, well she's i mean obviously she's scared because her own father is coming to murder her but it's not her it's not the father it's bernice but she doesn't know yes. that and that's right. what yeah. makes it scary yes so if we just go back one page there's a long panel here right in the middle that divides the page 
and you can see like light on one side it's um you know like lighting up um emmy's face and as you move further and further to the right it's shifting to darkness it's divided by the two narration boxes and then we go to complete black for the last little bit with the sound effects sitting over it so it's completely evoking what you know like you're just supposed to imagine whatever is approaching oh right and the reason why you see things like that is because tyler crook is doing all the lettering as well as the art like you can see that he's staged these things out so that as your eye travels from left to right you're getting the story of her like of what she's aware of yeah that's brilliant very cool it's not her father it's bernice and she's also afraid of her and bernice is like well i was coming to warn you you know i put my lamp out as soon as i saw you but you must already know they're coming for you emmy and they mean you harm and she's like why would they want to hurt me why would paul want to hurt me bernice takes her into the woods and she kind of starts giving her the story you know all the backstory which we've pretty much figured out by now she only heard bits and pieces about witchcraft and a burning and some sort of agreement they had to kill you. As they're going deeper into the woods, Emmy says that she doesn't recognize this part of the woods anymore. And so Emmy's brought her to this graveyard and she says, like, this is where they brought the undesirables mm, to be like buried. That. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I've uh I've actually been in a cemetery that's all overgrown like that before. Really? Yes. Yeah, very creepy. <laughs> Isn't yeah. it just peaceful though? Well, it yeah. also it also uh, seems kind of sad. Thing. I mean, she's like, this is a lonely place. The people that are buried here, they've been forgotten. Ah, uh, so, yeah. yeah, you know, maybe, but maybe when you're dead, you're like, yeah, forget me. Yeah, let me live out here in the yeah, woods just and just leave me alone. Just be, <laughs> leave me I'm, alone. Yeah, I'm not here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone. When Bernice says the undesirables, Emmy's like, did you lead me here on purpose? Like you're gonna do something to me here, and that's why you've led me to this place. The satchel starts talking because it's got the skin in there. Right, right. Not alone. She's like, did your satchel just talk? And she's like, she just goes, hush, don't tell me what I already know. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah. But the satchel is saying, not alone, not alone. And so what it's trying to say is there are all these evil spirits that are in the graveyard. And these are, God, the, the color work is just incredible on these like different flaming skeletons coming out of the ground yeah yeah there's one that's like arching its back is all like yeah yeah good to get out of there yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like the just the hand that's coming out there's like a little hand yeah, it's right yeah. there but then some of them actually still have um look like they still have their skin on them right too. or hair and stuff like that yeah yeah i like how they're all different too um but i just love the contrast of those colors as we get into chapter three uh we get another great cover by tyler crook and it's emmy and bernice and behind them it's those flaming skeletons i just love the look of those funny what skeletons <laughs> danielle makes me say it like that i will it, uh, it, I just know this one looks more like a zombie, you know, with tight skin around it. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Well, they're all different ages too, which is great. Yeah. You know, like you can see some of them, uh, like they, they've still got flesh on them and stuff and others, they're like just a skeleton. And then this opening page again. So I guess is, does every issue open with like an opening splash page that has Harrow County somewhere on there? It does indeed. There is one where Tyler forgot to add in Harrow County and I don't want to point it out because he felt bad about missing it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, this one, it's, it's got a very clear on one of the gravestones. Well, I'll right look there. the other way. Like we're putting Spider-Man's mask back on and, and we're like crowd surfing <laughs> him through a train or something. We'll just be like, we'll, we'll just say we didn't find it, but it's there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll say, don't mess with New York. How? <laughs> Y'all just watch that one. No, <laughs> okay. that's just with that. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, he's yeah. careful. He's a hero. <laughs> he is a hero. I know. 
So these uh, flaming skeletons of all the dead people from this forgotten cemetery, they're coming closer and closer to Emmy and Bernice kind of closing in on them. But when Emmy says, that's close enough, stop right here, they listen to her. They seem like they pay attention. That's handy. Yeah. Yeah. That's convenient. If they wanted to harm us, they would have gotten it over with already. There ain't much we could do now, is there, to protect ourselves from ghosts? I love that panel right there is like, she's so calm about all of this yeah. too. And that's like, you kind of sense that something's different about her. I mean, she's carrying around his skin. She's talking to flaming skeletons. She's extremely chill about this. <laughs> right. And she starts telling them like, don't you have th- anything better to do than spook people? Right. She has a point though. Yeah. A ripple seemed to pass through the grave whites. Like the long dead souls sensed Emmy's anger and feared her. And that might have chilled Emmy's blood more than anything she'd seen or heard tonight. They try to block her in at first, but then she just like pushes past them and then they leave her alone. That's pretty cool how she's just like, move, and then they just go to either side. Like almost like they can't help it. You know what I mean? Right. You almost get the sense like they're being pulled away from either side of her with that little like... um. The way the flame is dragging, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. That's really That's, good. I always love that Tyler finds ways to incorporate motion into still yeah. images. Yes. I mean, you see them be- moving to the side, Very like dynamic. even though it's just a static panel. It wasn't until later that Emmy would realize the spirits had been trying to protect her from what lay ahead. By that time, they wouldn't be there to help her. If they had mouths or breath to form words, they might have told her, not that way. Whatever you do, don't go that way. That's pretty messed up too. I was like, I don't like this. No. Yeah. I don't like this. They're trying to protect her. They're trying they're saying, "Hey, you know, don't do this. You know, we're your friends." Do- anyway. <laughs> don't you just love the way um like Cullen always like does this thing where like he'll have a moment that he wants to hang with you and you wait for the page turn, you know, so the don't go that way is yeah. like just dangling over the next page. It really reminds me of someone sitting around a campfire telling a story. Yeah. yeah. It's so theatrical. As they're walking up, Bernice is like, what was that? And Emmy says, Haints, I reckon. Bernice says, well, why'd they let us go like that? Friendly Haints? <laughs> <laughs> you know what they reminded me of, Emmy says? <sighs> School children waiting patiently for their teacher's instruction. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's very telling right there that she saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the way, you know, her first reactions to everything that she sees is very telling. Yeah, yeah. She like wears it right on her face. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then she also mentions Miss Cora. She says like she's never been in school. She did have a Miss Cora that was like helping her. People said that she moved away, but maybe that's not what happened. Maybe she was a witch, you know? So now she, everything, her whole world is like, did they really, did that person really move away or did they get rid of her or something? Sure. Hmm. as they're talking here you know bernice is about to tell her like you want to you ought not talk like that but then they see the other lanterns from the other people out there like hunting for her or whatever and that's just very i there was it was very suspenseful when i got to this moment um and just the way that's conveyed in the characters faces and everything it just really lends to that suspense as they're watching the lights of the other people that are searching for them. And then in the middle of this tense moment, then the, the skin starts talking again. <laughs> Jeez. This way couldn't have gone too far. So again, he's following them. Heard something. Tracks lead this way. And Bernice is like, be quiet. And she's like, it wasn't me. I love seeing Bernice's reactions because, you know, like when Emmy sees something weird, you know, like there's initially the horror and the weirdness reaction, but she very quickly 
gets over it almost like she expects the world to be weird and horrifying. Sure, yeah. 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 But, but in Bernice, we get the more natural response where, you know, it's like, what the fuck? Fucking creepy going on here. <laughs> that kind of fuck no look. Yeah. She realizes that the skinless boy is out there. She says, you're out there, aren't you? You're leading them away. So we get this panel where it just says like snap and we see the two legs. Mm. Uh, that is really cool. But I, re- I also like this moment that like he's on her side. You know, there there is some sort of alliance here. He's helping her out or something like I would think like because she's keeping his skin hostage or whatever. Like I would think that he would mm-hmm. be after her or have malicious intent. But right. he's like, no, I'm helping you. You're my friend now. Sure. Probably like this might be the only person that this this skinless kid or whatever has ever gotten close to you know he might have been just out there in the woods all this time so bernice is starting to you know get suspicious uh i'm not sure i should go anywhere else with you i asked who you were talking to and what happened at the graveyard the things you're doing what they say about you and she's like no it's not true i'm afraid it is girl every word of it and it's isaac there with his lantern and his shotgun jeez yeah, so this is a pretty messed up scene. I mean, yes, it is. She's he's like, oh, I can track better than anyone. She's like, what are you gonna do? I don't want to. Like, she's she wants to say like, I don't want to die. Right. That's messed up. And he's like, just don't say it, girl. He starts crying. Uh, this is pretty intense. Mm. He says, you think I would ever want to kill you? I don't understand why. She says, it's good that you don't know. It's good that you'll be gone before you realize. And then he starts like choking her out. It says what you've done. So there's another one where they kind of hang it over and we just get this blood red panel as the, this horrible act takes place. Bernice tries to help, but Isaac pulls her aside and he's just like, ah, he's just going for it. This is horrific. Yeah. So in the middle of all this, Bernice, she sees the shotgun. And so I'm thinking like, is she going to get the shotgun and shoot? But then she also sees the skinless boy's hand coming out of the satchel. This whole page, just the way it breaks down the beats makes it so much more excruciating. The way they have this long panel. Yeah. Like just of her going, part, don't please. Just like, oh my God, it is excruciating. And, And like, you know, you can really feel Bernice's inaction here. You know, like. The desire to help, but being frozen, you know, like this, yeah. like, yeah. yeah and so what ends up happening is the skinless boy, you know, the other part of the skin or whatever, the, the, she's got the skin in the satchel, the boy's up in the tree and he jumps out. That's an amazing panel. I love this. This is a very kind of like hero mm-hmm. moment, even though it's a horrifying <laughs> yeah. thing. So yeah, he attacks the dad and he starts like going crazy. And as he's attacking, the skin is talking from the satchel and it's like away from her. Don't touch her under our protection. And this bottom panel of Emmy like recovering from just like almost being killed. Gosh, that is like there is so much emotion and the way that they've colored her face and everything. It just God, it lends a lot of weight to the intensity of what has just happened. Yeah. So there's this thing they do in movies all the time where they'll have characters being strangled and like the second they like knock the person away, they like gasp or whatever, but then they're fine. Like they do it all the time. And I really hate that they do it because it, you know, it disguises just how nasty that is and what that's doing. Right. To a person. Yeah. I feel like at a certain point it becomes irresponsible to portray it that way. Right. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, it's, it's, 
it's something that where like I want them to show the consequences because it is a particularly nasty thing to yeah. do to a person. Yeah. The fact that you when you see um Emmy here, she's got the red blotchiness in her eyes that show that, you know, blood vessels have burst. Right. That she's got like these like the flush in her cheeks where, you know, like all the blood is pulled in her cheeks because she couldn't breathe. The fact that there's this darkness of bruising around her neck. You know, like they've showing they're showing a really, really nasty aspect of it. It's extremely uncomfortable. But at the same time, it's extremely appropriate when you consider she's a victim of domestic abuse yes, at this point. Yeah. And she actually calls the skinless boy off of Isaac. I'm not what he thinks I am. I'm not a monster. I'm not evil. And then so we see Isaac there all beat up and bloody from his attack from the skinless boy. And he says, no, not yet. That's that's some bullshit right there. You know right? what I mean? She just yeah. saved his life, basically. You know what I mean? After he tried to kill her. The skinless boy tries to go back for round two, but she calls him off. She says, you're done with him. You've done well, but leave us. And then just like you were talking about, Mark, on this panel where she's just like staring him down, you can see the effects of, you know, being choked are still present in her face. And mm-hmm. it's just a very intense expression. I love... Uh, Tyler Crook's expressions. We talked about this a lot when on yeah. the BPRD stuff, but Danielle was like, are we going to see more of that guy who does very expressive people? That's cool. You know, so unfortunately here, it's some very intense Horrific expressions. Shit, yes. yeah. It is like, you know, this is a scene that's very deliberately crafted because it introduces an arc that carries through all the way to the end. And um, like, fortunately you're never going to have a nasty moment like this between Emmy and Isaac ever again. Like this is the worst you'll ever see of it, but it's extremely important that it's there. And they have this moment where he kind of like gives her the backstory. He tells her that the witch that they killed said that she'd come back, that she'd be born again and she'd get revenge for what she's done. It says, as her father spoke, Emmy's thoughts circled back around to ending him. All she wanted was for him to be gone. Thoughts settled on her like early frost across the grass. The frost turned to darkness and Emmy's thoughts turned bloody. Sure, there was a way to get rid of him and to make sure he stayed gone forever. Her breath caught in her throat. No, she thought, no. So she's starting to tap into that anger and she's like, no, 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 I'm not going to do this. She's like, I can't stay here. Uh, It's not safe. So she tells Bernice to look after him. Make sure he's all right. But don't come after me again. Leave me alone if you know what's good for you. It's like I said, I'm not some monster. But I can be. I have this page. Oh, really? Wow. Nice. I, I like. I, I took a long time to decide which page I was going to get from Harrow County, and um, this page I had to get because for me it is incredibly meaningful, and it's kind of the point of the whole series is that all of us can be monsters, and it's what we choose to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there is this moment as she's walking away where, like. She's just overcome with, you know, everything that's just happened. And I thought that was pretty intense, too. I just love, like, you know, that, like, you can see that, like, she is scared by what's inside her. Right. The the thoughts that popped into her head have really shaken her. And then, like, that last panel, there's so such a complex mix of emotions there. Like, you can almost feel the sadness and disappointment in herself as she's realizing she's not who she thought she is. Right. So as she's walking through and she's kind of like coming to terms with everything, it says the woods were full of twisted evil things, countless haints had terrified Emmy to think that her own thoughts marked her as one of them. But she ought to not have worried herself because there are some creatures dwelling in the dark and lonely places that would never accept her and would just as soon kill the girl as lay eyes upon her. And so in the background behind Emmy, 
we see that huge horned black demon thing that we saw Hester Beckwith in the little prologue three page thing. That is some amazing work right there. I love the design of this guy. Mm -hmm. Getting into this fourth issue, another amazing cover. God, the colors are amazing on this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We just keep calling him the skinless boy. Does he get a name at some point, Mark? Oh, that's... mm. The way it's okay, true you can't is, say it. There's, there's, you know, there's the skin and there's the skinless boy. It's kind of, you know, that's the way they refer to the two different aspects. Ca- you know, there's, there's a, a symbiotic character there. Oh, you know, sort of. But anyway, you'll, you'll get into it. You'll find out. I don't really want to go into the naming thing too much because there's a whole storyline. Okay. It okay. Cool. Cool. Like the way they spell Harrow County on this page. Yeah, so we get another oh, yeah. amazing, and then the Harrow County is within like all the branches, all the twigs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> just like we saw the big monster looming over her at the end of the last issue, here we see it again, and it's going not again. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> so as she's walking through the woods, she doesn't see this looming thing behind her, but the skin starts warning her something's coming, something's old. So she turns around and she sees it. What is this accent of how this thing talks? I thought this was kind of interesting. <laughs> I don't think it's meant to be an accent that we're familiar with. It's it's definitely... Um, some oh, ancient God. language or some, you know, forest no, language or something? It seems Scottish. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, other salt it's one of those season. things where... It's, a, um, it's other salt to season a wound. You don't command me no more. You left me out here. You promised you'd come back. I thought it was... <laughs> Come to figure you for a liar, and I might have could have lived with that. It seems very That's Scottish. <laughs> it seems extremely Scottish. You did a good job with that. It's one of those things where I think you're supposed to be thinking about it. Yeah. Like they clearly want you to think about why this character is speaking this way. I can't really say why, because sure. everything that I, I, I go to say, I'm like, ooh. Mm, right. Mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. It's purposeful. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. I love his weird goat eyes. I love yeah. his double goat yeah. eyes. I think that this yeah. um, this character design is by far my favorite in the entire book so far. I really love this guy. And I love that he's a guy. Like, he's a dude. He's like, you fucking forgot about me. You left yeah. me here. This, You know, I, I love him so far. So I'm really into this guy. I dig him. And it's um it's menacing and it's like intimidating Emmy, like yelling at her until she falls backwards. Yeah. You know, so he definitely has a, He's a hurt. beef with He's her. hurt though. Yeah, mm. read this part right here. We read what do- <laughs> Well, I d- this is a joke. It's not I'm, no, I know he's it. not Scottish. No, no, okay. All it. right. But you forgot me, now I got to make you remember. Now you're here, I'll learn you never to forget again. And she's really upset. Yeah. I basically did Shrek. <laughs> it's a joke. I don't think he's Scottish. I mean, come on. So she starts running away, and it's like, come back here. Don't you leave me again. But he's an ancient monster, and he's upset. And um, I really like, all jokes aside, joking aside, I I love his, this character design, and I love the drama of it where he's yeah. he's he's hurting, you know, yeah. and I, you get that. Mm-hmm. It's not just, ooh, big scary monster. It's, yeah. this is a person. I mean, he's a big, super scary person who has two goat eyes on each side of his head, but yeah. <laughs> he's still, and he's got, you know, big scary horns and, you know, artistically he looks fantastic. I mean, all of the, um, the texture on his skin and everything, but his motivation so far seems to be he's upset because his friend forgot about yeah. him or something. Yeah, so yeah. that's, that's really intriguing to me. I'm interested in learning more about this guy for sure. And, and I think there's something sweet about it going like, 
you forgot about me and I'm so mad at you. But then when she goes away, he's like, well, don't go. Yeah. Not again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's like, don't leave me alone so again. Said, yeah. It's like, I'm mad at you, but I don't want you to leave again. Yeah. You know, so there yeah. is this weird. Right. I mean, have you ever been that where you're so mad at someone? But yeah. they're like, but don't leave. Yeah. But I'm mad at you. But yeah. don't go away. You know what I mean? It's kind of like this weird. I don't know. I really felt that. There's something I, very sweet about this character, even yeah. though the only thing we've seen of him so far is that he's really really angry yeah <laughs> so i very much am interested to learn more about this guy all all kidding aside i think that it's a really cool character yeah yeah i think that's one thing that this series like this first arc does really well is it sort of shows you just how much history everyone else has with hester right that emmy doesn't yes and like that's that's where she's yeah. like completely out of sync with everyone else she has <laughs> yeah. no idea of like just the pure horror that was wrought in this for town. some reason she has inherited all of this you know everyone's fucked baggage. up attitude yeah everyone's fucked up attitude towards her i.e baggage exactly and mm. she's just what the fuck what a day what a day this turned out to be. This is horrible. Right. Well, it gets even weirder because as she's running away from the monster, you know, she's pretty freaked out. She runs onto this dirt road and she almost gets hit by a car. This guy pops out and it's Mr. Sorrel, someone that she knows. And he's like, hey, are you all right? What are you doing out here, child? You're too far from home. And she says that she could use a ride to town. He goes, uh, you gave me a fright, child, running in front of me like that. But who are you running from and where's your daddy? I'm sure he's plenty worried about you. And she's like, it's not like you think everything's been turned up on me. And then just when she says that, he like gags her. Or he puts like a, like she was just chloroform almost killed. Something. Yeah, chloroform. Yeah. There you go. She was just almost killed by her dad. And then now this monster came out and yelled at her. And then now this guy that she's like, oh, you're going to save me yeah, is putting like a chloroform rag. Yeah, over it's her a mouth. rag with some chemicals God. on there. That's not pleasant. That's no fun. Mm. And so he's like, panel, you know, the the black smudge oh where it's kind of like dripping mm. out of the bottom that is so yeah, cool just has that whole like fading consciousness kind yeah, of feeling it's yeah great. and he's like don't fight me girl won't do a bit of good i'll look after you i was like no this is so awful but it's actually not that bad mm -hmm. and then we also fade in with that same kind of weird blotchiness from that last one that's very cool continuity right there yeah i also love how he looks weird as it like fades in yeah. You know what I mean? That's a neat effect. I don't know if we've seen that a whole lot in comics. I don't know. It seems really fresh right here. Um, and I love the whole color palette of this guy's house. He's got like a pink interior yeah. house. It's all, <laughs> yeah. it's just very yeah. different from everything that we've seen so far in the like the whole farm town landscape type of thing. And he's got her tied up. You might feel a little disoriented, but that'll pass soon enough. I hope in time you won't hold it against me what I did. Believe me, though, it was for your own good. So he starts, like, taking care of her. He's, like, giving her water because I guess she has a sore throat and cotton mouth from the drugs or whatever. And he says, I'm so honored to have you here. And she's like, you're honored. You kidnapped me. And he's like, well, I had to to keep you safe. Only because you wanted me to. That panel is so creepy. Like, I'm like, wait, is this yeah. this is a horrible guy, yeah, right? He's yeah. going to do something horrible. <laughs> But then he kind of doesn't. Well, I mean, you know, when he's saying only because you wanted me to, he's talking about Hester, so. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. He's tapping into that right this there. This guy seems extremely confused. Obviously, 
then not okay to kidnap a person. Yes, and the whole time this scene, you're like, is this guy cool? Is this guy not? Cool? Well, no, is he's he already her or is he a shit? Right, he's already not cool because kidnapping a person and holding them against their right. will is already extremely traumatizing and fucked up. Please yeah. don't ever do that. Obviously, mm-hmm. so that's not cool. Just right off the bat, I do not like yeah. this person. But he believes that he's. I don't know, like what's happening because exactly he obviously was prepared to knock this person out and take them against their will with this yeah. like rag this chloroform he had that stuff in his car yeah Yeah. so no he's not good by any means so but like what's his deal like why does he think that she is okay with this well he tells her i'm only here to do your bidding that's why we're all here although some of your flock has gone astray right and then we get into like some of her backstory right so um, so does he think like, oh, she'll remember soon? Yes, I guess. She'll remember who she is and just, it'll be fine. Just like everybody else she in the town, he mad. thinks that he he thinks that she's re- reincarnated right. Mr. Beck. But she so. doesn't know any of this. Right. So it's upsetting. And so mm. he starts uh, explaining to her this backstory. I thought this was wild. This is some really interesting stuff that I was just like, okay, I've n- I don't think I've ever seen anything like this um, in one of these stories. Right. So he says Hester herself was birthed up from the bowels of the earth. And so we see this uh, woman pulling herself up out from the ground. And at first she wasn't welcomed, but then she was like healing people and stuff like that. If she delivered a sermon, though, they refused to listen. So she took to the woods and there, in order to keep company, she called up the haints from the dark places. I love this panel of her like squatting on this tree stump or whatever with the fire and all these monsters around her. I just think that's a cool little image right there. Even though the ghosts and goblins protected her, even though they obeyed her every whim, she still felt alone. She set about shaping new followers for herself. So she starts making people out of the ground just like she was born. And then they start coming alive. And then she sends them, you know, into the town to serve her interests because they'll be like, the townspeople don't trust her, but these new people will be like, oh, well, she's great. You know what I mean? But they're her creation. Yeah. I think that is so interesting and weird. I don't know. I was just like, wow, that's bizarre. So what I really love here is like, is they're they're also showing you now Isaac's point of view in the the midst of all this. Because in that top panel there, the first person who's sitting up with clay all over themselves and blood mixed into the clay and everything, waking up and seeing this figure crouched over him is Isaac. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and this is where I started to realize, like, wait, the townspeople are her creation. She made them. And so she gave them all free will that they could, like, just live their lives. Okay. But then the free will had a way of turning sheep into wolves, of twisting faith and loyalty into hate and fear. Keep in mind that this is Sorrel narrating this. We are getting an unreliable narration. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. Thank yes. you for pointing that out. Well, it's, it's one of those things. Whenever these these stories are told, you always have to be like, "Who's telling?" The story? Sure, mm-hmm. yes, that's a good point. And so they start to think that she's evil, you know. So then they capture her, and so we kind of like get what happens there. Either way, they were as cold to their mother as cruel as Haints. Don't you understand? We are your children. Even those who tried to destroy you deep down, we want you to take your rightful place. And she's like, "I think I might believe you." That's crazy. And I think like that is another like, yeah, she has she's tapped into something, you know, whether she doesn't want to if she doesn't want to believe that she's this witch reincarnated or whatever. There's no denying that she's like tapped into whatever. She's like, yeah, that makes sense because that's how I controlled the ghost. That's how I controlled Pa. And that's how I control you. So she tries so to tell him free will. Yeah, really. Right. 
Exactly. Like it's like free will to do what you like until I decide no. Right. <laughs> it says that Hester, you know, she warned him that that day would come. And so she whispered in his ear. And when she did, this little snake came out. That's another like cool little image that I don't think I've really seen anything like that before. I just like that idea that, you know, she's, yeah. she speaks out this snake that goes into his ear and then it like has its own agenda or mission. It, it's almost like an earworm except as a snake. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, if you don't remember, if I don't know who I am, it'll be your job to remind me when the awakening comes and let no one dissuade you from your task. Not even me. I like whenever someone's like, and even I'm going to tell you, or you know what I mean? In movies where they're like, right. even if it's me, don't believe it. Or I'm right. going to tell you this and don't believe me when I say it or whatever. Right. I don't know. I just like those kinds of things. They tried to keep you a secret from me and from the others who are loyal. I saw you, though, in dreams, Sorrow says, and I puzzled it out eventually. I've been watching you, waiting for, and he's like, did you hear something? So we see the little silhouette of the skinless boy in the house. And then the bag, yeah. the, the satchel with the skin on it starts hissing. And again, I have to point out the the very deliberate positioning of the uh, speech bubbles in the fourth panel where it's like, as you travel from left to right, you're meant to look at the silhouette being cast on the wall. Yeah. The skinless boy. And as you traveled, you know, like the deliberately positioned up there. So your eyes have to go across that. I, I love that. Just like you were saying earlier, the, the kind of art style it evokes, like, wait, am I really seeing something here? Like, what is that? You know what I mean? And then it, but it makes sense when he jumps out. Yeah. That's his silhouette. You know, he was slowly creeping up and yeah, this is the skinless boy. This is his thing here. He comes out and he beats up whoever is messing with Emmy. So I love this where she tells him, I don't need your protection. I've already got someone to look after me. I should thank you though, because you did what you were asked all those years ago. You helped me remember who I am and what I am. We cut back over to the farmhouse and here are all the people, I guess the, are, are these all her creations, Mark? Uh, no, they're just, uh, some of them. Um, some of I them. would say that they're, some are still out looking. Some of them are gathering here, you know, like right. th- there's, there's definitely more of them. There's also, you got to remember that not all of them, uh, decided to burn Hester. Some of them were quite loyal. Right. Um, so I do like this part. The dad is like, um, as they're all talking, he's like, you're not listening to what I'm saying. Emmy could have killed me if she wanted to, but she let me go. She might've come from the witch, but she ain't the same. We might be able to, so he has some hope right there. You know what I mean? And that kind of, yeah, he should come around after the horrible thing that he did. I don't know. (laughs) They gave me some sort of like, I don't know. I mean, I just like that he has some sense after that horrible act. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the thing now is like, we're starting to see a little bit more of his point of view now because we've, we understand a little bit better what um, Hester was to him and how he was essentially an abused child and she was the abusive parent. Right. Wow. That's like the cycle of cycle of violence, abuse. Or, exactly. Yeah, something like and that. And the cycle of violence ends only when we choose not to do it. Yes. Uh, so I love this part. Emmy comes in and she confronts all of them. She says that she knows the truth and she's accepted it. Now I've come to ask the same of you. I need you to accept that I'm not the woman you killed. I wasn't raised to be like her. I just want... Well, I don't know, seeing how I ain't barely had a chance to figure that out, but I guess a normal life is a good place to start. Maybe that's all any of you want. I suppose you thought killing Hester Beck might give you a chance at that. And when I was born, well, I can't blame you for being scared. I'm not Hester, though, she says. That wasn't the name I was given. I don't want to hurt anyone, not you, not the other folk who live hereabouts. 
And so they're like, it's a trick. We've heard this before. So then these three townsfolk start going to attack her. And then, like, I think almost accidentally, I mean, I think, I wonder if she just puts her hands up as a defensive thing, like you would if anyone's coming at you, or is that purposeful? She, whether it's purposeful or not, she fries these three people and leaves, like, just like a black yeah. stain on the ground. I don't know. What What do you think about that? It looked reactionary to me, but... Um... I think it's a mix of both. Because she definitely is like, you know, like, well, if I created you, I can bring you to an end. That's pretty fucking yeah. baller. I love that, man. Whether it was an accident or not, she's going to own it at this point, right? I told you I'm not like Hester. I don't do things the way she did, and I won't die like her either. You try to kill me, I'll damn sure take you with me. That's pretty amazing. I love that. But she's also crying as she's saying it. You know what I mean? There's a lot of, like, release mm. there. I mean, she's a 17-year-old girl. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then we have this moment where she's like in her room. I like how she's just looking at her hands. Is that what she, she's just looking at her hands? Where, yeah, that would really happen know. in the Baltimore comic too. I always like think that's interesting when a character is just, I don't know, there's something very just kind of like stoic and thoughtful about that. Well, it's, I mean, you know, we're used to looking down and seeing our hands and being very familiar with them. And then when you've done something that you yeah. that just is like striking against your very core understanding of who you are it's sort of like you're looking at your hands as like they don't feel like mine anymore kind of deal you know yeah yeah and so we get this moment where the dad isaac and emmy they kind of reestablish communication you know what i mean they kind of uh build that relationship back up again which you would think would be impossible to do after what had happened well i mean there's definitely the aspect of that relationship is permanently damaged it cannot be undone in that regard but isaac does say but even if you are hester beck reborn you're your own girl your own woman too and i swear i won't let anyone ever hurt you again it was you that tried what do you mean anyone else (laughs) you're the one that tried to do it anyway i just found that verbiage kind of interesting well there is the other aspect too of like um when you look at the like the way everything played out you know because they have the whole thing with the calves in the beginning and he goes to get the shotgun to to shoot the calves um you know like to put them out of their misery and like when you find him in the woods he's standing there with the shotgun like it's the same situation he's not there to kill her like you know to stab her to um hang her to then set her on fire He's there to put her out of her misery with a single shot. That was his, like, what he was going in there to do. Like, as much as he was going to murder her, he was also trying to spare her of an extremely horrific death that would have happened at the hands of the others. Sure, okay. Yeah, I definitely see that. She even says, uh, but I know after everything that you love me. Until the end of time, girl, Isaac says, until the very end of all creation, I swear I'll never let anything happen to you. And we kind of zoom out on them sitting on the bed there. I like how it's like all encompassed by this, like just that weird blotchy, I don't know. It adds a lot of like kind of emotion and weight to that kind of pull out right there. Yeah. So it says it took some time, but eventually life settled down and returned to normal. We see they're feeding the chickens. They've got the skinless boy. He's like hanging out there too. He's under the, uh, what is he under her chair or something like that where she's sitting? I think he's under the porch. Oh, you're right. You're right. But there were still haints plenty hiding in the woods, and so would they come to Emmy seeking guidance or some darker purpose? And we see that goat-eyed, horned monster in the woods. The guy rules. I also, I want to apologize to any Scottish listeners uh, for my horrible <laughs> joke. It's I know that Scottish people talk that way, and I know this monster is not Scottish. 
So I enjoy that, and I asked you to do it. That. So I'll sorry. take the. I'll take. Please accept my humblest apologies, Scottish <laughs> book club members. As this exchange is going on between the skinless boy and Emmy, these people pull up and they're looking for medicine, right? So now she's become like this healer. They heard about it. They're already yeah. here. Yeah. And she's like, oh, it's good you came to see me. She goes, I think I can. I know I can help. Had a fever once myself. It wasn't a bit of fun. And she's like, bring her inside. She's going to be just fine. And we see the calf in Baby. the background, just like the so just like the sweet. one that she saved in the beginning of yes. the story. Yeah. And then just like uh, Mark Shaky. said, you know, Cullen Bunn leaves that one looming word bubble hanging over. There's nothing to worry about. But is there? Mm. We're in the big city now. Probably because this mm-hmm. book is horrific. So there's probably plenty to worry. About. <laughs> there's there's a there's a fancy guy. There's a he's a butler or something in a fancy place. Nice. And he comes in. He says, "A lovely morning, Miss Kami." She says, "It is. I mean, how could it not be? After all, this is all mine, isn't it? The city, the world, all of it." And so we see this woman standing there. We get this full page of her lovingly depicted by Tyler Crook. And she looks just like Emmy. Right. right? Yeah. So we know that there were there were two bodies in that tree or whatever. Yeah. And so I don't know how that plays into the rest of it. Actually, I know a little bit because I read. I thought it was five issues, Mark. So I actually read the oh, next yeah. issue. And but, um, but, but I will say, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything for the next issue. But I will say that. I think that you that Danielle might have some other stuff to come back around to just reading that first issue back because I think it does start to show like she's not going to be the evil witch. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? And so uh, it's an interesting take on it. And like I said, I only only got one issue into it and I was like, oh, okay, I'm I'm not supposed to keep reading that far. But (laughs) uh, but it did intrigue me into what the rest of the series becomes. And especially to hear you say that, Mark, that they have a unique take on witches. So um, that makes me excited. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, like, it is very pointedly saying that she's choosing to be a healer. Yeah. At the end of it. But also, rather pointedly, they mentioned that Hester was a healer in the beginning. Oh, right. Yeah. So, Mm. like, you have to remember that whenever we've been seeing Hester, it's always from another point of view. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So far, we haven't really seen anything except other people talking about her. Um, So, yeah, it's all through someone else's point of view. as we well know, all depictions of witches that are like that from any stories we may have seen or heard have always always been completely fucking untrue as fabricated well. so, and just yeah. it's all like it's all witches have warts and green skin and they eat babies they yeah. steal your children and eat them it's gross and you're like okay but that's all from somebody all else's fucking, point of yeah, view I mean, so we exactly. don't really know the that's a good yeah. point mark because we don't really know anything about hester beck at yeah. this point um yeah very interesting yeah so i'm excited to see where this goes um it's also kind of i have to to mention um what did you think of uh, at the beginning you're seeing you know the people killing hester and everything but i mean like there's very specific people you see in those uh those flashbacks and you'll see those people again and again throughout the story Mm. did any one of those characters particularly jump out at you Mm. no besides isaac you know i didn't really i i this is me just being stupid. Like I didn't even realize like, Oh yeah, those people in the flashback are the same people in the town. Now are you talking about this redheaded person? Well, I recognize the guy with the, the mustache, the, uh, the blonde woman. Yeah. The one that's, yeah. So you'll notice she's in all the flashbacks, but she's not in present day. Oh, oh. you're right. 
Okay. So I hope you're wondering who she is. Well, I am now. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> awesome, Mark. And that's you know, why it's a book club. Yes, it really is. And I and I don't think that I, I, I loved this when I read it. I thought it was so cool. I'm like, I can't. I bought the omnibus and I bought the uh, the digital version as well. Um, and I didn't catch a lot of these things, Mark, that you're pointing out. So glad that we had you on this episode Absolutely, to kind of yeah. enhance That's why we have our reading experience and so point many, out all those little things. So many book club members to chime in. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Yeah. It was it was, uh, it was a very good story, too. I mean, I, I really enjoyed yeah. it. And I, I know what you're saying about, like, you know, witches getting treated yeah. incorrectly in um, media and all that. But I kind of took it more. As no, like, I, I understand that they're trying to be like, well, this well, is what you normally see, but we're trying to take it a different well, direction. And well, I, I get that. No, I was saying I was trying to say this. Like, I took it as like the, these were like, you know, just some uneducated people performing a murder of somebody. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's definitely what happened. And they're they're like, well, she ate babies, though. You're yeah. like, did she, though? They're did like, she? Yeah, not. really? We don't know that. That's, a, that's so, a great yeah. point. And that's probably, yeah, I think that's a good uh, that's a good take on it, too. Um, yeah. I just, uh, and it's also like, the art is good. Um, the fact that it's depicting gross stuff doesn't make it, like, doesn't make this artist less of an awesome, great artist. Like, just oh, because yeah. it's not my bag right. doesn't mean it's not excellent storytelling. Absolutely. So it's it's excellent storytelling. I can tell when someone is good at what they do just because it's not particularly my favorite genre doesn't mean that I can't appreciate um, this as uh, being good. So Yeah. Yeah. And uh, another thing about Tyler Crooks are just going through these pages as I'm, like, just flipping through. Like, I can see these characters. I can see them as people. Yeah. I mean, they have the expressions of people, and uh, it's just really amazing. Like, um, talk about how dynamic it is and how everything. Yeah, he really brings these people to life, and and uh, those little moments, those character moments, really stand out. So, and I'm a, you know, I'm an adult. I can skip anything I don't want to look at. It's fine. I'll (laughs) just skip it. You guys will tell me. Just kind of summarize it later. Like something gross happened. Okay, cool. Yeah. There's um the character moments in the first arc. You know, like because it is such a nasty change for her going from like everything's happy you know this idyllic life on the farm to my father is trying to kill me kind of storyline obviously the character moments are a lot more intense in this first arc but as the series gets along you get a lot more space for just these incredibly beautiful moments um but anyway you'll get to that that's great not to anyway that we appreciate your you weighing in on that that's great any any last thoughts wrapping up the discussion mark anything else you want to say about harrow county go ahead Absolutely. So, um, yeah, uh, one thing I have to point out because, you know, like it's a series all about paints and, you know, like it, it primes you for this story about all these horrible things and she meets a skinless boy and he helps her. Yeah. She meets ghosts and they help her. Right. She meets a monster in the wood and he's just upset about being left behind. Yeah. And all the things that are really horrible are other people. Yes. Wow. They're turning it all yeah. on its head. Okay. It's, it's fantastic. It's great. That's great. Yeah. Really good. I think that, you know, like it, it, I love the way it constantly, like, you know, it introduces these things as initially being horrifying. And then time and time again, you're just, you start to empathize with them and feel for them. All those characters gain personhood and all of the, the human characters are, are, they're the real monsters. Yeah. They gain monsterhood. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's very telling that they try to get you to empathize with the characters that would be labeled the other. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very Very awesome. Oh well, thank you so much, Mark, for joining us and giving us this time this evening, or I guess it's morning for you. It is, yeah. Um, Yeah. But thank you for starting off your Saturday with us. Yeah, it's been fun. Oh my god, 
so great to read this again. Yes, <laughs> yes. And we'll have to have you back on, you know, to to do a, a part two or or just another great episode. I mean, I'd love to, there's so many comics I'd love to talk to you about. I'd love to have you on the Hellboy Book Club at some point to talk about your favorite short story or something like that. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's so many that we're going to have to discuss. Yeah, <laughs> so it's so great to have you back on the show and let's make you a regular on here and have you on uh, every couple of weeks. That would be great. Really appreciate you, Mark. Cool. Well, it was good to be here. Awesome. So I'm going to do my best to get this episode out for you guys on Halloween, you know, and you can read Harold County along with us and um, get into the horror mood. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, everybody. That was a fun, exciting, scary story that we just read. And I want to hear your thoughts. You can send us a hey, you damn guys at bookclubmembercomics at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at bookclubmembercomics and on Twitter at bookclubmembers. Spooky, Spooky times. Uh, <laughs> a so ghost put- stole your memories, Aubrey. He stole them. <laughs> So, okay. A ghost. All right, let him finish. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can also find all of our resources on our Podbean website and our link trees on our social medias. As always, a special thank you to Paul from Gartahan for the theme music. Thank you, Paul. Thank yes. you. Thank you to uh, Mark for uh, recommending this story. I'd never read it, and I'm looking forward to reading more of it. So and for thank hanging you, out with us. Yes. And for hanging and out for and friendship. Yeah, yes. for friendship. Thank you to John and Danielle for being awesome people that you so are. Um, thank you, Aubrey, for being so cool and so awesome and doing this every week. Oh, thank you. <laughs> friendship. You can find all the you can find the podcast uh, pretty much wherever you get your podcast from Podbean, Spotify. Are we on Apple Podcast? Man, don't even ask me anymore. We're gonna get on there soon. This is driving me crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why we're not on there yet, but it's making me so mad. We'll, I'm, we'll gonna be there. To, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna to. I'm gonna get it. We'll be there. I'll do it soon. So anyway, you can just find us on any podcast app. We'll there, and if we're not, let us know, and, and it will annoy John. Don't let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, next week we'll be big mad about it. Uh, next week, we are going back to Baltimore and reading The Plague Ship Part 2. So you know what to do. Pull out that trade again. Get those omnibus digitals, the single issues, the floppies. Get it from uh, the Hoopla app. It's and scrying uh, bowl. Scrying bowl, definitely. <laughs> you know, uh, and join us next week on Book Club Member Comics. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm a horrible four-eyed goat monster that lives in the woods. I don't know who I am. I've forgotten. Oh, no. <laughs> a ghost stole his memories. Oh, no. Mark's a ghost. <laughs> and, and I'm Aubrey Lillis saying, what do you know, you old monster? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ooh. Spooky time.